I'm James. And I'm Andy. And we host the Broadway Boys Podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Every Monday we talk New York Rangers, news from around the league, and all aspects of the hockey lifestyle. It's It's never been a better time to be a Rangers fan. So tune in and join us as we break down games, prospects, rumors, and more as we follow the Blue Shirts on their quest towards the Stanley Cup. Our takes are all our own. And not always legally binding. But you're not going to want to miss all the guests, rants, speculation, and the occasional overreaction. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod and catch new episodes every Monday morning on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and more. And this one will last a lifetime. So what are you waiting for? Subscribe, follow, and listen to the Broadway Boys Podcast today. And be sure to check out all the exciting content on the Hockey Podcast Network. Oh, baby! All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 72 of the Brothers of Discussion covering the Detroit Red Wings, formerly known as the Discussion Five, and now known, Michael. Do you want to do you want to introduce us? Do you remember? <laughs> we are now We're the Red Wings Sprint podcast. Woo! Podcast. <laughs> Puns be damned. SEO reigns supreme. <laughs> we wear tirades and impassioned pleas, uh, pleas about your Detroit Red Wings have a home. The Red Wings Rant Podcast. Um, I honestly, I was excited to get to work on the graphics and everything. Uh, we were gonna go live because we've been going live with uh, the wrestling podcast, but yeah. I don't have any. I don't have any banners ready. I don't have anything ready. So we're gonna. Now that we changed the name, we're gonna hold off so that we don't just have two Zoom boxes going live on YouTube and we completely lose our subscriber base. So uh, for now. Uh, we're going to keep keep going on the podcast, um, and uh, as uh, we move forward, and uh, hopefully Matt can get this done uh, through his Sunday, where he's also going to be making phone calls for Grandpa Joe today. Uh, he decided since he's jobless, he's volunteering for Grandpa Joe see, <laughs> to annoy people on a Sunday and uh, see if they'll uh, let us know that they're voting for him. But uh, Boy. Yeah. Hey, they got me. They they uh, they called me up, wanted to know if uh, Grandpa Joe was gonna get my support, and then like they, they just kind of threw in there. And uh, are you willing to volunteer? And I went, yeah, why not? And the the, the girl that called was like, what? Huh? Really? Oh, uh, well, what's your name again? <laughs> I love the I love the uh, the branding because uh, you're talking about uh, democratic. Uh, presidential nominee Joe Biden, and every time I hear him, like they just did the Democratic National Convention, and uh, everybody they don't call him like uh, you know Senator uh, Biden, they don't call him Mr. Biden, they call him Joe. And every time I hear that, all I can think of is um, the movie A Mighty Wind at Old Joe's Place. And so every time I hear that, I go, Whenever I'm out of wandering. Chasing a rainbow dream. <laughs> I, just, 
I often stop and think about a place I've never seen. <laughs> you know, anyway, you know, there's a puppy in the parlor and skillet on the stove and a smelly old blanket. Hey, you know, don't, no. don't keep, don't keep saying you know. <laughs> you just watched it. You can't keep going. I, I, no, no, I always think about old Joe's all place. Those, all those Mighty old Wind songs that Joe. everybody sings every day. <laughs> you know? E no. Eh. Oh. Right. That's See, what I always think no. of. Now that's memorable. E yeah. O's. That is memorable. Don't give me those middle of the song. I listen to that. No, that's the opening wind. lyrics. It's not the middle. That's the start. Come on, man. Everybody knows old Joe's place. Start middle. Give me some spinal tap. Don't don't give me <laughs> don't give me a mighty wind. Man. <laughs> There's popcorn in the popper, but not for you. Okay? <laughs> You're such a piece of garbage. <laughs> Did you know that was a spinal tap reunion? Yeah, Matt. I've been thinking about that forever. I was sitting there. I didn't even, I couldn't even pay attention to the scene. I'm like, wow, it's Spinal Tap reuniting. Woo! Oh, God, I hate you so much right now. All right. Um, <laughs> so, Mike, we are unburdened from being the discussion five. You know, speaking of rebranding, Matt, it worked <laughs> for the folksmen. So we are now the folksmen. You know, say goodbye <laughs> to Spinal we, Tap. We're changing names again. Mid we're changing names. <laughs> Old Iserman's Place. That's us. I, you know, I was a really big fan of Hockey Town Hullabaloo. I got a big no-sell from, uh, <laughs> I know Ish is listening. I got a big no-sell from Ish because he didn't even, <laughs> there wasn't even like a, yeah, it's fine. It was just like, oh, Red Wings rant. Go with that. <laughs> I didn't know Ish was that good at impressions, but that was a dead-on tumbleweed. That was really good. <laughs> That was a cricket riding a tumbleweed impression. That was really good. Um, no, it was, uh, <laughs> that, was, that was kind of a heartbreaker for me. I, I, uh, the alliteration and uh, the, the fact that I could use hullabaloo and it actually, you know, like it would make sense. Uh, but Red Wings rant, uh, we're, we're, uh, we're unburdened from the discussion five. So I was going to say uh, we don't have to do five segments anymore, Mike. Uh, so today we've decided We're off the leash. We've decided to do eight segments. So you guys are in luck. For the playoff octopi. Hey. <laughs> oh, three, three more stories going down today. <laughs> um, now, well, it's, uh, the first things first, then. we got to jump into the first story for, uh, for your Detroit Red Wings. Um, and I, Big I, news. I, I, don't think I, I don't think I push this enough. Uh, the, the Red Wings rant podcast where tirades and impassioned pleas about your Detroit Red Wings have a home. That's our new, that's our new gimmick. Yeah. Um, Robbie Fabry signs a two-year deal, deal Mike. Uh, it's it's 2.95 per season. Um, he is a UFA at the end of the contract. I, I thought I'd mention that because there seem to be a lot of questions about that. Um, He's going to be I, a, an Uncle Fabry at the end of the contract. Exactly. <laughs> uh, now, this, according to Cap Friendly, leaves us with $34.6 We know we still have a lot of restricted free agents left to sign. Uh, but Bowie. Thirty, I you know what I put him on the I I I don't mind give give me some Bowie uh but definitely Bertuzzi and Mantha Iserman's already said that's the only thing he's you know besides getting prepared for the draft that's top thing on his priority list is uh, Bertuzzi and Mantha uh Mike you put the the numbers on here so yeah uh Robbie I mean, in his first game as Red Wing he emptied his his six shooter yeah. Uh, notching a couple goals and, uh, you know, we actually won a game. 
Right. Uh, but yeah, total, he, he had uh, 52 games played for our beloved Detroit Red Wings and Little Caesars Arena. 31 points. You know, yeah, that's pretty, it's pretty good. Negative 29 on the plus minus. Now, do people like that stat? Like, not really. Um, was our whole team kind of in shambles defensively? Sure. But did we have to give a restricted free agent, like, to the uh, tenth of a million, uh, like, $100,000 per negative plus minus per year? <laughs> that's actually, uh, that's a scary number to think about. Um, I here's, here's my thing. This is a two-year deal. I'm fine with it. I think somebody needs to score on this team, so why not let it be Robbie Fabry? Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he won our hearts in that first game. You know, that's, that's I, what so we're all about in Detroit. We're I was all about at, the, uh, I, I'm, sure, the I'm sure Detroit area uh, natives are familiar, but I, I was at uh, Mexican Fiesta with uh, my wife's family. Oh, here we go. And uh, we're, ta- like, we're talking about Robbie Fabry in his first game, and it's kind of like this discussion of like, well yeah, we didn't really give up much. Uh, and I was like, but don't expect much. I mean, it's it's just, we're trying out a guy who is a former first round, you know, uh, or he's, I guess he's always a first round draft pick. Uh, and, you know, there's there's always skill and talent there. So you want to see if you can develop them. That's what we're going to see what happens. And they were like, yeah. oh, so he's not really going to change anything. No. And these are people that don't even really watch the Red Wings. And then, you know, two periods in, he's got two goals, and I look like an ass. And they're like, you do what now? Oh, you do podcasts about the Red Wings and blogs? Yeah, a, oh, a hockey cool. podcast? Wow. Nice. All right. Um, Anyone so can ignore you. No. <laughs> um, all right. So the other part of this, then, is uh, uh, according to Evolving Hockey, uh, which which does have a uh, an algorithm put together and a calculation to say, this is how much each player should get based off of what's going around, going on around the league and how many points other guys are getting. Um, and Fabry was projected to get $2.25 million per year. And uh, Iserman didn't want to see him walk away from his restricted free agent contract. So he made sure to increase it by 31% or uh, $700,000. I, I, for some reason, I typed in $0.7 million and I didn't. I wasn't. Thinking. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a, a bizarre <laughs> negotiating tactic. Um, I know there's Stockholm syndrome. I don't. I, this is the first time there's ever been reverse Stockholm syndrome. Uh, listen, I know we're stuck with you, but we're gonna give you even more than you're projected <laughs> to get. Uh, but I think uh, jokes aside, uh, and negotiating tactics aside, listen, just we need we need skaters. So here's here's a big bag of money, uh, Matt. Does it kind of scare you a little bit to see? Uh, I know we have the cap space, but you know, potentially doing thirty one percent increases for our other restricted free that, agents. See, yeah, that's not. I'm one like. It's going to be really interesting to see. Uh, so, evolving hockey as Bertuzzi. Oh, and that's the other thing too. Was that Fabry's projections were based off an eighty four million dollar cap? So now we're looking at. <laughs> We're, you know, we're looking at we're looking the, at the COVID cap. cap. So really it could, yeah, yeah. it could have been uh, shorter, but uh, those are the same numbers we're looking at here too with uh, Bertuzzi and Mantha. So the uh, 5.4 million uh, for four years, 6.6 to 7 million for five years for Mantha. Uh, also, is it a little early for this since knowing that the cap's probably not going to go up thanks to COVID <sighs> um, and a lot of teams have... Uh, some pretty dire cap situations where they're going to have to trade some people to fill out their rosters. Um, the Red Wings should just be sitting there like this, waiting for draft picks and expensive contracts. Is this a little early for this move? 
for Fabry? I, I mean, if every dollar's going to count, he wasn't going to go anywhere. But, like, uh, you know, if you put, the, with $34 million, the the first thing that you should think is, oh, my God, there's a lot of guys that uh, are going to be leaving this team, and there's a lot of guys that aren't signed. I, I think, I mean, you're talking about a guy that next season will probably be in the top six. So I I don't mind paying a guy who's going to be in the top six $2.95 million. Uh, that that does not hurt at all, considering other top sixes have guys, you know, in the tens of millions of dollars. Uh, so I, this, this still works. It's just, we are going to be bad. The, the important thing is that it, it's two years. So, um, like, worst case scenario is that Fabry becomes a guy that we can't lose. And we have to, you know, think about, like, in two years... Uh, how are we going to fit in his $10 million contract, you know, with Marco Rossi's $10 million, co- what, which, you know, is three years down the line. But <clears throat> so that's our good problem. Like, there really wasn't too too much bad to come out of this because we, we're going to get Bertuzzi and Mante out of the way. Again, paying them top six guys, 5.4 and 6.6, won't hurt us the next couple of seasons it's just you know if Bertuzzi turns into like an abdicator if he really falls off um production wise then we've I mean then we've got another Nielsen situation on our hands where he's he'll be in that range we're paying him to be a top six guy and he can't crack you know he can't get past the third line kind of thing so that's well, that's where I, I think the issues start. And when we see like the increase here that Fabry got based on what evolving hockey was kind of projecting through his numbers and what the rest of the league is paying guys at his level. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's it's there's so many different variables to, to crack into here. I don't hate the Fabry contract at all. We're, we're mainly teasing here uh, yeah. the Detroit Red Wings for giving him that increase. But uh, you can really put yourself in trouble here, I think, with the Bertuzzi contract if you don't get that right. I think Manta's going to have some wiggle room because he's we've seen the production at a high level. So it's just Bertuzzi, I'm still not sold that he's he's a product of what, like, of being, a, of getting the opportunity to be on the first line and playing with the other top talents on the Red Wings. I don't think you can build a team around him, so that's where you have to be really, really careful with his contract. You have to be careful with the length. You got to be careful with the amount. And I just, I don't want to see, I don't want to see a jump past six million with where the cap's going to be uh, for the next couple of years with nobody attending hockey games. So, uh, right. that's the scary one. And I, I, I know there might be a lot of people who, I. Look, I've been hurt before. There, there's a lot of young Red Wings fans, and they are born every year. And um, I just, I just feel I've seen it go wrong. And I think Bertuzzi is great. I just don't see him as a piece of this core when we're a Stanley Cup team, or a, I should say, a like a, a major playoff contender. I, I don't, I don't see Bertuzzi still being like that gotta have him out there at the end of the game to win it kind of thing you know i i'm gonna get some hate for this but i'm hate, i'm pretty you, i'm pretty stubborn in, in that belief um but let me share I, one fun nugget with you matt so 
uh, Ravi Fabry, he's roughly getting uh, per hundred thousand uh, dollars annually. Uh, you know, he's minus twenty nine. Just for funsies, uh, the range for Anthony Mantha is like yeah, six to seven. He finished the year a minus seven, so it bodes well for him getting that seven million annually. <laughs> uh, um, man, I- a big, uh, big, big superstar in uh, in the NHL, former Capital, former Red Wing, and now. Matt, now former hockey player. Looks like Mike Green is, <laughs> is hanging him up. Uh, yeah, Mike Green, uh, I, as, as uh, I think we all did a little bit of extra research this week, um, almost winning uh, the Norris Trophy a couple times. And uh, hearing, hearing people talk about it around the league and, and their opinions of like, all right, this is when the Norris focus more on uh, the defensive aspects of the game. And if Mike Green was in that Norris conversation with those numbers he had, uh, he, he would have, he would have won it easily. And, and, <laughs> you know, who, who votes on it now, they're primarily just looking at, well, who's the most exciting guy? I, I always tease and say, they just, you know, go to stats and click on points and go, that's who I'm voting for. Like they just filter it for points, but, uh, or sort it for points. Uh, but it, you know, it would have been nice to see Mike Green get that, I think, because now we have the warm and fuzzies uh, for him. But, uh, yeah, serviceable while he was a Red Wing. Uh, obviously, his best years were in Washington. And, uh, yeah, that hot minute, he was in Edmonton. I, I still think that was kind of cute that that still got the mention <laughs> uh, in, in all of the stories where it was uh, and almost comparable. Like, uh, former Washington Capitals defenseman was stopped in Detroit and Edmonton. And I was like, well, I mean, come on. A couple of contracts were signed uh, in Detroit. Let, let's not let's <laughs> not say the two games in Edmonton is comparable to the seasons he spent in Detroit. But, right. uh, yeah, not, not too much to dissect here. He's not my favorite player. He's not going to go down as an all-time Red Wing. He should go down as an all-time Capital. Um, yeah, I uh, think... Uh, um... You know, kind of joking aside, when uh, when he started to get more boo-boos, I think the entire team kind of started to crater, uh, not just for defensive depth, but um, he was really good on the power play, and when we didn't have him out there, it was, it was pretty notice- noticeable at times. Uh, we didn't have a quarterback uh, kind of leading the play. So uh, even on a poopy Red Wings team, he still held a lot of value for us um, here towards the end. And well, even last year, I was uh, blogging about the Mike Green magic when I was uh, still working for um, Cover the Spread 365. So it was when he was off the, you know, out of the lineup when he was either injured or scratched. Uh, our expected goals uh, would just get, oh man, it was ugly. And then he'd come back in the lineup and the expected goals would go shooting through the roof. Our possession numbers would go through the roof and we'd win. So it was just, uh, yeah, it was, it was a fun couple of weeks where Mike Green was hurt most of the season, and then he would come back for a couple of weeks, get hurt again. But those two weeks he was back, we'd go like seven and two. So it was, it was fun. Uh, the Mike Green magic. That's that's what I'll remember most about Mike Green was how he did the score. Really, or even he really had bucks. some. Uh, I was just gonna say in his early twenties, uh, he really had some magical back to back to back seasons, um, like. 56 points um when he was 23 he had 73 points in 68 games which is pretty nuts for a defenseman yeah um then the year after that 76 and 75 um but yeah like you were saying uh, a norris runner-up i don't know if that was necessarily uh because of his defensive acumen but you know it's important to be that quarterback on the power play 
Um, well, he's he's defined as one of the defensemen that's changed, uh, like how analytics are tracked for for every hockey player because it, it's that idea. And, and we're looking at uh, Robbie Fabry with his minus twenty nine, but he brings some goals uh, to the ice, and you know, to a a, a grander extent, uh, Mike Green was the guy who who would still uh, sacrifice positioning and. Um, well, yeah, he he'd sacrifice uh, defensive positioning to get to get uh, a better offensive chance, and it was kind of just that's that's where the analytics could find. You know what? That's that's better for Mike Green to do that if he's not going for those offensive chances. Um, the the team suffers, so they give up a goal every now and then, but they get two goals in favor for when Mike Green's out there for every goal he does give up. So that's I I I think uh, if if anything we could we could say he's. Um, yeah, he's, he's pretty much brought a new kind of defenseman to the NHL that, that was being recognized and, and finally wasn't just, you know, uh, people weren't taking big dumps on it because analytics came around and could prove that what Mike Green was bringing to the ice was, was worthwhile. A little extra analytics background for, for Mike Green. Um, but Mike, you were talking about his back-to-back seasons that were doing fant- that where he was amazing, and and again nowadays would have won the Norris. Uh, Mike, yeah, Zadina. he lost uh, real fun. He yeah, he lost to Zadino Chara, uh, so he didn't lose to a slouch. But it was kind of fun that he uh, just barely nudged above Nick Lidstrom. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see that. <laughs> Ruin, my I mean, thirty-eight-year-old uh, Nick Lidstrom, so not uh, right. <laughs> not like spring chicken, Nick. So. Let me uh, let me recap here. You, Mike, you were talking about Mike Green's <laughs> back-to-back seasons. Well, let's talk about Zadina's back-to-back ships. There it is. All right. Hey! Uh, two goals in 11 minutes for Zadina over at HC. Uh, Oshlari Trenik uh, over uh, with the Czech team that... Uh, it's actually Oshlari Trenik. Oh, okay. Good <laughs> try, though, Matt. Uh, uh, just good to see that Sadina's out there scoring some goals. Uh, apparently the, I mean, the team was, was super happy to have him out there and, uh, the, uh, coaching staff over there just over the moon with, I guess they're, they're trying to talk about like the difference in, in his maturity and the strength that he carries himself with that, uh, I was actually talking online on Twitter with, uh, with a couple of different buddies about it, you know, do, do we think that's just him getting older or do we think it's from that grit that comes with, with playing in the AHL and we all kind of came to the consensus that uh, it's a little bit of both but you got to think everybody's going to grow but uh, not everybody gets to play in the AHL so that that actually instead of having a guy come up and, and forcing him into the lineup you know a guy who's a top 10 pick like uh, like Sedina giving him that time in the AHL has, has at least made a huge difference for him going back to the Czech League so they're they're pretty happy with it. We we just want to see that transition into you know that Czech league play. The goals coming over uh, <clears throat> over in the Czech league, and then the strength that apparently has come from uh, getting this development down in the AHL. All right now now it's got to turn into a first or second line winger. <laughs> but uh, you know we, we we don't we don't know yet. Um, and uh, I I think it's just right now it's just good to see if you're going to loan a guy out to a whole nother league and a whole nother team and kind of risk, you know, injury with him being out there. Uh, good to see that through all of that, like you have, you have to think, right? Like he's pulling back a little bit. 
uh, that he's still out there scoring goals. So uh, I, I say not too much to dissect here, but uh, but good news uh, for Zadina and, and and what he's doing over there. Uh, what it, just you know the opposite. What if he goes out there, scores no goals, doesn't do anything? Coach is like, ah, he looks like shit out there. Looks like he's just skating. He just he just wanted to get on the ice. Uh, I'm I'm not too happy he's here. None of that. It's all good news. Um, all right. Uh, around the league, Mike, uh, you want to talk about oh, Tampa and, and maybe Cruz? for maybe for thirty seconds? No, right. it was just fun because uh, uh, my favorite series is is Tampa and Boston uh, because I, I like Tampa. I, I want to see how they do without Iserman. Um, they're doing really well. Uh, we're going to talk about one of the reasons why they're doing so well here in this redraft momentarily, but. Um, one of the uh, subjects of discussion about what uh, what are the Red Wings going to do with that you know thirty four million left in cap space is they're going to get a big old juicy defenseman, and that defenseman's going to be Boston Bruin Tori Krug, and uh, <laughs> uh, I I didn't get to watch the entire game, but I did get to watch uh, uh, Braden Point and uh, Andre Palat uh, totally bumblebee poor Tori Krug on a goal, <laughs> totally lost. On some stick handling. But, I mean, he made the initial play. It was just, like, the highlight was so long. Because he just had to stand there and just get – I can't – I made up a, a verb for this play because that's what it looked like. He, he was literally just kind of swatting at a bumblebee and not making any contact. Um, <laughs> and a goal got in. And then, uh, you know, Tampa ended up winning that one. And um, the other one is later, baby. My goalie in Vegas. Woo! With another shout-out of the Canucks. You were trying to convince me that – Oh, Bo Horvat, Bo Horvat, my ass. He can't do anything against Lanner. Um, he just Matt, did. Eh. A game ago. Eh. Matt, two shout-outs. Get out of here. Um, Matt, what do you think of these back-to-backs for hockey? I like it. I mean, I know it gets I, I us think... through these like minor series a little, you know, a little bit quicker, so we can start getting to semifinals and finals. But they're not traveling. They're, they're staying in one spot. Like, that's usually the crusher, you know? Yeah. Um, especially, like, like think about some of the teams that have to travel from, you know, like, when, when Chicago's doing hot, and they've got to bounce back between Chicago and L.A. Uh, kind of series. But um, Hey, Chicago's be, a West Coast team, you know? So. I, I, I was going to say, it used to be the Red Wings, <laughs> but I didn't, I didn't want to, yeah. like, hark back on that because now we have it pretty easy. But, yeah, uh, yeah I... It, it should be easier for them to do this. Um, and I, we don't hear anybody complaining. And, and I do like the setup. It's, it's kind of looks like you, you get like an earlier afternoon game. Uh, I mean, except for the, the Knights who are playing back to back and they're starting at the exact same time. But it almost uh, feels yeah, they, like the players are just so, uh, like, there's nothing else to do. You're just right. kind of in the bubble. Let's just, let's just right. keep playing playoff hockey. Let's get home. That's, yeah, well, I'm, I'm that's, done. That's the other part of it, right? <laughs> I want to go home. <laughs> How quickly can we get out of here? Um, can we play a I, double header? I'm just I'm I'm happy for the Vegas Knights because uh, we have uh, the the uh, Vegas uh, nightly um, nightly weekly. Yeah, sorry yeah. guys, I, I'm getting the so uh, part of the hockey podcast network. Uh, so they've been dealing with a lot of Matt. Uh, you and your garbage. hockey hullabaloo. Anyway. Uh, our uh, our friend of the show, Dave Aikman, who who's uh, one of the hosts on that show, he's also from the Michigan area and huge Detroit Red Wings fan. Uh, he's just been taking it from every angle. It's, that's got to hurt. But uh, 
you know, this the whole Marc Andre Fleury and Laner thing, and then of course, as we saw, Marc Andre Fleury's uh, agent kind of being a big baby, um, to putting up the the meme of Fleury getting a, a Golden Knight's sword in his back, which, man, could you could you imagine? Ah, uh, jeez, doing that with with like your boss or something for you know, wherever. Any job. I, I, I was going to bring up, I don't know why I was going to say Amazon for some reason, but, and, and talking about Jeff Bezos, but any job, if you do that, you're, you're gone, man. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> Flurry's agent getting kind of uh, uh, upset there. So I'm, I'm just yeah. happy that they can get further away from this issue and let one of the best goaltenders in the league the last couple of years just shine in the playoffs. I, I think that's what Vegas wants. <laughs> I, uh, it's 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 funny to me, but I, I think it's just that fan loyalty. I think it's um, you know the kind of thing that that has uh, Kirk Mopey stick around with the Detroit Red Wings for so long and just kind of eat up some minutes. But <laughs> hey, you know what? It's that that's just Vegas, and we're a Detroit Red Wings podcast. But I, I'm happy that Laner gets the shutout. It's less of a controversy, and they can get back to enjoying their team winning. Oh um, yeah. <clears throat> now, Mike. We don't want you to take a sword in the back, uh, but we have a blade. How about an electric blade to the interested. balls? God damn you. I can't get Woo-hoo! any more transition. Yeah. You're a piece <laughs> of garbage. Uh, a lot more 3.0 from Manscaped is out. It's the third generation trimmer with the cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. Uh, millions of balls are about to be nick free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin safe technology. Mike. We talk about it every week, but, uh, I, you know, I'm done with the patio work. Uh, we're going to be putting in a, a retaining wall, but I, I'm telling you, that patio work would not be done right now without the Lawnmower 3.0, because it was hotter than balls out there uh, while we were working on it. Of course, now we're dealing with nice 60-70-degree uh, weather, but it was oh, 90 God, degrees. Nice so I was yeah, it's so nice, in. I might go for a run. Right, uh, and, and it, now it's going to be even breezier down there. But I, I'm telling you, that patio is not going to go in if I didn't have all the swishies and, and air breathing because my pubis were shorter. So I, you do it. You can swipe right down there as fast as you can because that thing's not going to cut you. Um, it, Speaking it, it of is, swipe right, if you put a picture of these on Tinder, <laughs> manscaped balls are getting swiped right every time. And, and you should be doing your favor, uh, doing yourself a favor too. And don't don't use the same razors you put on your face, man. You gotta get a special. There's a special tool for your family jewels. Uh, use use the lawnmower 3.0. Now, if you want a discount, use code THPN for the Hockey Podcast Network. That's uh, promo code THPN at Manscaped.com. It's gonna get you 20% off and free shipping for the lawnmower 3.0. Uh, we can't. Talk about it enough. It's they're they're still sticking around with the Hockey Podcast Network because they know that we've been helping out so many fans of the Hockey Podcast Network. So support the show. Get your balls clipped down. Manscaped.com. THPN is the promo code that gets you twenty percent off and free shipping. Mike, we're back. We are uh, ready to talk about our 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 favorite game. I, I don't know if it is a game. Right. We're running out of drafts. We're gonna have to go back. We're gonna have to go to 1997 and start going down and going. I disagree. I think we're gonna have to redraft our redrafts. That's what we're gonna do. Well, that's true because I think we are learning a lot uh, about these drafts and about the NHL. So maybe our our opinions will change. Uh, Mike, this is this was a very tough draft, and and you and I actually need to do a little extra yeah, research. It was. Um, uh... Just fucking hard. That was the first time I swore in this episode. But yeah, I 
I was really combing through these guys. Like, I don't, oh, I don't know. Do I, do I need a, a C minus or a C minus minus? I, I don't know. Well, and, and it was, it was the difference between, you know, getting, getting that guy that's just going to show up on the point sheet uh, or, or getting the guy that plays you know, sound defensively. It was a lot like making a salad and you're going to either put like celery or a water chestnut on it. And it's just kind of like, well, they kind of add some crunch, you know, but not super nutrient dense, but you know, it is a key part of any, you know, Thai dish is the uh, sliced water chestnut. So I, I guess with maybe my eighth pick, I'll be taking a water chestnut or a uh, fresh piece of organic celery. You know, it's got some green, yeah. mostly water. You know, there's a, there's a, it's, it's a little, I don't know. I, I, I can't think of a, a more apropos analogy than the water chestnut for most of these players. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, uh, one of the easier ways to like kind of, uh, I don't know, um, define how mm, unimpressive the lineup is here uh we don't have we don't have a, a point per game player and like what's coming down the line is the leon dry i mean uh in future draft uh redrafts leon dry Connor mcdavid austin matthews and i'm sure Nathan alexi lafreniere right but he's not a point per game point i'm just saying we don't have one this season. Uh, and number one was Nile Yakupov. Uh, I think we all know how that story went. Uh, and, and it's crazy to think that we've had guys in previous drafts at the top that aren't, aren't even close to thinking about retiring. And Yakupov, last last season, 2018, uh, recorded here. And uh, 136 points. And, um, oh, shoot, where does his name go? And 350 games. Uh, I mean, that's, that's your number one pick. Uh, poor Edmonton, man. Uh, shoot. Uh, how many drafts is this going to be? Uh, first picks for Edmonton. Three. Uh, we've got 2010, 2011, 2012. <laughs> um, they've got number seven in 2013, number three in 2014, and number one in 2015. So, you know... Fuck those Red Wing fans for wanting a first pick for having the shittiest team in a decade. Um, anyway, back to the 2012 draft. So that that's just my <laughs> quick way of, of kind of saying, like, yeah, this this was not a draft where it was an easy, like, this is the guy that needs to go number one. When you're looking at skaters, this was a good draft for goalies. A, a great draft for goalies. But we'll get into that in a second. Uh, we did have 15 guys play 400 games. It was uh, 27 guys the season before, for 400-plus uh, games. So, obviously, that number's coming down because we're losing a whole season of guys that could actually play. But uh, it's, it's a pretty good chunk of guys that um, – how do I want to put this? I, I didn't – Mike, for scouting department losers, uh, we'll get this out of the way. I don't think there was a scouting department loser. So, we've just said that this is a very hard draft to draft in. But everybody walked away with something. Everybody got a hockey player. They got somebody who's producing somewhere. Where in other seasons we've seen these teams get absolutely nothing. They walk away with like 10 man games played. And it's 10 years after the draft. So there was a chance that somebody was going to develop at some point, And nobody did. But this draft, this draft was different in that way. Uh, but uh, I'll also say it was it, it was different in, uh, in the way that it, you know, with it being so tough, you really had to nail this draft. 
And as we just talked the last season where Steve Eisman was our uh, uh, part of our scouting department winners, I say he does it again here with uh, Vasilevsky getting picked up. He's got Cedric Paquette. Again, this is just, we're, we're talking about solid skaters, like a guy that is serviceable. We're not talking about a guy who's the franchise player that you, you base your whole team around. Cedric Paquette fits that definition where he, he's a guy that uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning and, and the NHL could count on for him to, to put in the minutes. Um, now, this one's maybe a little controversial. I'm going to throw in Nikita Gusev for two reasons. One, 44 points in 66 games for the New Jersey Devils this year. So I'm just going to say his first his first season, he's a 27-year-old. Um, it, it's just one of those situations like you, you nailed it with the draft. Like it, it looks like this could actually work out for Gusev or, or at least uh, you've got a guy who's got an easy nickname and he could probably fit in your middle six. No problem. <laughs> the Goose is his nickname. Uh, but also, Mike, NHL 20, picked him up on my team. We got hey! a couple of seasons out of him where he got 90 points, uh, 90 plus points. He was on my first line. Uh, so I traded for Gusev right away. And, uh, man, he, uh, yeah, he knocked it out of the park with, uh, my Lafreniere line. That was, uh, uh, Lafreniere, Shane Wright, and Nikita Gusev in a couple of years. Uh, Shane Wright being the uh, big prospect who, who's like 15 or 16 right now. Everybody's projecting to go in uh, 2022. Anyways, uh, yeah, so I, I've got the warm and fuzzies for Nikita Gusev. So I'm, I'm happy that Eiserman drafted him uh, because we, we, we think alike. We knew that this guy was going to pan out eventually. Anyways, uh, Penguins and Capitals make this list uh, as well with Wilson going for the Capitals. And uh, Penguins, I mean, honestly, this this was just a solid like top to bottom through the draft. They, they've got They've got some good hockey players in there. And Winnipeg, too. I think uh, I got, that was a mistake on my part with Truba and uh, Connor Hellebuck coming through for Winnipeg. So, um, yeah, there's your winners. Losers, like I said. I'm going to say nobody's a loser because everybody walked away with something. Uh, but just to keep on rolling, our dead suit diamond in the rough, Connor Ooh. Hellebuck. Yep. I'm giving it to him. Uh, he's pick 130 for uh, for Winnipeg. Finished uh, second two years ago for the Vesna. He's going to win the Vesna this year. I have no doubt in my mind. And uh, he's got 917 career save percentage. He, he finished with 922, I think, this season. So I, I'm going all the way on Connor Hellebuck being our dead soup diamond in the rough. I, I think that that was a major find. And it's something that Winnipeg actually, like, this guy's so good. And Winnipeg's defense is so bad. Like, this is actually the goaltender where you're like, all right, he's... He's that damn good that you can, yeah, you know, yeah. as opposed to like some of the goaltenders that that do get those those giant contracts. Like Hellebuck's proving it this season that I, I can get you to the playoffs on my own. Uh, hopefully, he gets some help in the future, and this defense kind of gets upgrades at Winnipeg, and so they can start winning. Oh, but man, this yeah. guy's good. He definitely had to have uh, a bit of a, a Bernier season in him uh, a couple times. And I, I just want to throw this out there one more time because I only mentioned it because uh, Freddie Anderson got to get drafted uh, twice uh, because he didn't feel like, I don't want to play with you guys. Oh, uh, what was that, two years ago? Um, so I was just going to say Freddie Anderson in this draft, Connor Hellebuck in this one. Uh, both of them carried my fantasy hockey teams by just getting peppered with shots. 
Uh, because it turns out when you play Yahoo Fantasy Hockey, you can actually choose an option where you get points uh, per save. So it doesn't matter if you're a good goalie, which Connor happens to be a good goalie, but if you also get peppered with shots, you get points. So uh, thank you to the awful Winnipeg Jet defense, and thank you to Connor for standing there and getting shot a lot like Goldberg in the Mighty Ducks uh, practice uh, uh, from the movie. Um, that moves to our uh, – Are we? how are we doing on categories? Oh, yeah, so second straight mention here for uh, Yuri Depita. Uh of, of critical acclaim, who <laughs> was drafted uh, at the ripe age of 29. I think because he was in Europe, they thought he was a finished product. I don't know. We like celebrating the oldest part in the draft. Um, this one was Freddie Anderson, who refused to go to uh, his, his previously drafted team and instead uh, also didn't stick around with this, this team. But at least he decided to stay in the NHL. Um, but he's had a couple good years. One of those years being uh, when he carried my fantasy team all the way to the finals. <laughs> um, so thank you, Freddie. Uh, now he gets to be a scapegoat uh, in Toronto. Uh, but again, just like Connor, uh, you know, the 917 save percentage in his career. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty good average, I'll say. Um, I, you know, I, I, I will hold a special place in my heart for him. But when we do the redraft, there's somebody else I'm going to be taking before him. Matt, you had a couple good boys. These are the rascals who stay with the same team their whole careers. So, Freddie, obviously not making this list, the jerkhead. Matt, who you got on the good boy award? Uh, it's Vasilevsky and Hellebuck. Uh, I mean, I, I think uh, it's going to be pretty tough for us to make an argument that they shouldn't be at the top of this draft uh, in regards to, to getting picked up. Um with how I mean, we've we've we keep saying it like skater wise, this this wasn't this wasn't the year that you picked up your franchise player. So, uh, but you could pick up a franchise goalie. So yeah, yes. uh, the, so you the good boy award is who's ever sticking around with the team, but they also have to be very good. So I'm taking those top two best guys on this on this draft board: Andrew Vasile, uh, Vasilevsky and Connor Hellebuck. And Getting then, the good boy award. And then the, the wingies. Uh, yeah. We got Ferk and Athanasiu. Uh, so for the Red it's Wings. It's actually pronounced. <laughs> I thought that was F-R-R-R-P. Um, <laughs> Athanasiu being chipped out, yeah. so at least we got some picks from him. And, uh, I mean, neither guy is is, uh, is going to make the difference for the Red Wings at this point. Um I, it was more obvious about Ferk, but uh, I, I remember picking up Ferk and being really excited just because his last name didn't have any vowels in it. So that, <laughs> I yeah, that was that was a conversation piece. You you kind of you know you thought this would be fun if it if it worked out. Uh, nice, maybe maybe the Red Wings save money on making jerseys because uh, they don't have to print out so many letters. We're cutting costs. I need a lot of players with two and three letter names. Let's get them in here. Oh. Uh, no, but unjust. Uh, uh, but yeah, now now that I think you know that out. does maybe that's why we signed Fabry. It's only five letters in Bertuzzi. I don't know. Getting to, like those eight nine letter names. <laughs> no, it's, com it's that's coming out of his paycheck. That's that's why Fabry got the ink. You, you know, to actually prove it, that's maybe why we traded F and a C U. It's just way too many letters to keep reprinting those every year. Okay. Exactly. Um, All right. <laughs> I think, I think we're through the categories. Uh, Matt, we're ready to redraft this really tough draft. Uh, <laughs> I think I have to pick first this time. Um, 
originally the Oilers, uh, this was not one of their uh, career highlights here, Matt. They, uh, they took uh, Nail Yalapov. Uh, I, I don't think that they would do that. Uh, I like how you pointed again. out my, my typo. Yeah, there's a yalla pop, man. Yeah, man, you didn't even need to correct it. That's how relevant this guy was. You should have just left it as it was. Um, <laughs> Dick. There's, there's, no, there's no question for me who the top pick in this draft is. And I just want to really give credit to uh, Stevie Y for taking him um, because the only players really worth the damn in this draft were goalies. And, you know, as we've discovered, it's not usually a good idea to draft a goalie super high. You know, you can only do it really in hindsight. Um, but looking at the goalies that were picked, uh, you know, from Freddie to uh, Hellebuck, uh, Matt Murray, um, and this guy, Veselevsky. Veselevsky was picked first. And I, I, I honestly, of those goalies, I mean, and I honestly think that if you did it again, uh, apologies to Connor who, you know, he did help my fantasy hockey team a couple seasons. I, I think he would I think he would still take Vasilevsky first of those goalies. Um, he's the big man. He's the big athletic man. Um, I, you know, he, he, was, he was good enough that, you know, uh, Tampa felt comfortable enough to say, you know, bye to Nabokov, bye to Ben Bishop. You know, this is our guy. And, you know, those two guys said accolades at the time when Tampa just said, nah, fuck it, we don't need these guys. Um, so I think knowing that you had that kind of confidence to go with this young guy and, you know, I think he's rewarded your, your confidence in him, um, you know, with uh, uh, either a runner-up as a Vesna or, you know, winning the award uh, last season. Um, yeah, I'm happy taking this guy first. So, Andre, you are the first pick, my friend. Welcome to Edmonton. So I, I, I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I, I, I got pick number two. And I think it's important to, to also look at who's, who's making this draft. Um, Columbus is a year away from investing a ton of money in Sergei Bobrovsky uh, at this point. Or actually, you know what? They're in the midst of putting that contract together. So this is this is actually uh, before uh, before everything's put together for for Bobrovsky heading over to Columbus. Um, so Columbus seems to have an idea of what they want to do goaltender wise, and do they want to draft Hellebuck and not have it be an issue in the future? Because um, Mike, we just we just talked about um, Hellebuck almost winning the Vesna. So the so the year before. Uh, Hellebuck came in second was uh, Columbus getting a win from Bobrovsky. So a am I trying to say here I'm not going to take Hellebuck at number two? Um, even though that's that's the game changer? Uh, yeah. That's what I'm going to do. Um, I I'm going to let, let's do this. Let's 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 kind of juice this up a little bit. I guess uh, I guess what we want to do is is match. I'm gonna have to match the D side here for Columbus. We'll, we'll give him a, a, an upgrade, and uh, the Leafs are not gonna get Morgan Riley, but Columbus will. Columbus, Morgan Riley, number two uh, overall, and 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 what you're getting here is a guy who, who can uh, who can move this puck pretty good, and he's been showing. I mean it. It's pretty easy to pass through those forward lines uh, for Toronto. Um, is is Morgan Riley? I he, you know I don't know if he if he gets if he could 
jump around this league and say I'm I'm always going to be the, in consideration for you know the the top two defensive pairing. For this draft, though, I think I think you're getting serviceable enough out of Morgan Riley that it, it is going to make that difference, and and you are going to be happy with what you're getting. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is it's still a defenseman we're talking about here, and 270 points, uh, so like a half a point per game from your defenseman is uh, is pretty goddamn good. And again, if you're not taking into consideration that this guy is also playing with some of the best forwards in the league, and that might be why those points are so high, uh, you're kidding yourself. But he's also finishing in fifth for the Norris uh, just a season ago and uh, getting those all-star votes. And uh, apparently he's such a nice guy that he gets the Bing votes too. So uh, give, me, give me Morgan Riley. He's a sweetie, and he's going over to Columbus. Oh, that's nice. Uh, man, that uh, takes us all the way out to Canada. We got Montreal picking. Um, they actually didn't do too bad. Uh, they got one of the only forwards kind of worth a damn. Um, and uh, Matt, help me with that pronunciation because I always trip Alex over Alex Galchenyuk, yeah. Why do I always, I always say not Galchenyuk? Um, do you, do you there's only like can't... there's only like four forwards worth a damn in this draft, but I still think they can do a little bit better. Mm-hmm. If only because he had a couple more thirty goal seasons. Um, but I, I mean, these guys are almost like neck and neck. Um, but I, I guess you want to take you know the a couple more um, peaks. I, I think their valleys are, are are pretty similar, but the peaks are a little bit higher for this guy. Uh, who originally went 11 to Washington, who, you know, we mentioned before had a really good draft. So we're going to pillage from the Capitals. And again, Hellebuck has to drop uh, because they already had Carey Price. So they, they don't need another goalie. So Matt, we're going Phil Forsberg. Okay. I thought, um, your, I thought your Zoom chat froze. <laughs> that was funny. It was, uh, you know, uh, like I mentioned, he, you know, had a couple uh, – extra you know seasons where he's a little bit better um you know he's in the running for you know one of our favorite awards thanks to old pavel uh he's in the running didn't you know win but you know lady bing and selkie um yeah he's you know on a a poopy nashville team and now he's on a pretty good nashville team and you know maybe uh we gotta give him a little boost playing with uh young carrie price so matt give me forsberg at number three yeah, and you're not gonna you're not gonna add Hellebuck to Carey Price's team. No, it's uh, madness. <laughs> uh, but you are gonna add Hellebuck to the Islanders. Uh, do we have to keep talking about it? Let's just keep rolling. We know how good Hellebuck is. Vesna's second place two years ago. Vesna winner this year. I guarantee it. Uh, Hellebuck go number four. This is a franchise goalie, and uh, now the Islanders. You know, uh, right now they're doing pretty good with the system with Barry Trotz, but uh, maybe they maybe they don't need a system when you got Hellebuck in there. Uh, so I'm I'm rolling Hellebuck at four. Mike, you got number five. Well, um, at number five, why do we give up assets for Freddie Anderson? Say the Toronto Maple Leafs when it's a redraft and we can just take him outright. So that's what they Holy do. Holy crap! All right, this is this is ridiculous now. <laughs> Matt, there's nothing out there. I'm taking Freddy. I know he's a scapegoat, but now we can keep 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 those keep those juicy maple leaf assets. I mean, he's up there for he didn't win, but he's up there for you know Vesna voting and all star stuff and uh, all star stuff, all star stuff. Uh, I, you know, I, 
I, I, I, I told you, I have a special place in my heart. I don't mind taking two goalies in the top ten because this guy, he's just getting showered with hockey pucks. Um, <laughs> trying to play behind the poorest Maple Leaf defense. Um, so, Freddie... I'm sorry, your career, it's, it's, it's a, you know, it's a true detective flat circle. And even in a redraft, you can't escape uh, playing in Toronto. So I'm, I'm sorry, my six foot four, 230 pound friend, you're, you're playing there again. So Matt, you had some rumblings and grumblings, some, some Winnie the Pooh, rumbly tumblies, but I'm doing it again. I don't care. Freddie, I want you in the top five. You've treated me well, even though it needs here in Toronto again. But Matt, that takes us to number six with Anaheim. Well, they, they went with Hampus Lindholm, which, um, honestly, when you take a look at, like, the point share uh, surrounding all these players, that Hampus Lindholm is, is actually right in that spot. So that you, you could make the argument that you nailed it there. But I, I'm going to steal from Winnipeg. Um, let's, uh, before, before all the um, uh, drama surrounding Jacob Truba uh, shows up, let's... Uh, Let's put him over in Anaheim. We'll put him on the West Coast, uh, a little bit further west uh, than uh, in the center of the country that uh, the Winnipeg Jets are <laughs> hunkered down in. Uh, definitely not West Coast. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna move. I'm gonna move Truba there. Um, I, I think, I think there's an argument for for Dumba. I think there's an argument for Lindholm to just go right ahead and stick in that spot. But um, I, I, I don't think, I don't know. Uh, you could even make the argument here that maybe you don't want the, the drama that came around with, with Jacob Truba. Um, but I, I'm going to go for it. And I think he's, he's one of the guys that when he left Winnipeg, it kind of looked like, you know, what else is going to happen to this team's uh, defensive six? And, you know, Hellebuck kind of just proved, you can do anything to it and I'll still be successful. But... Uh, that was when Winnipeg was a Stanley Cup contender. Was was part of you know part of the reasons is that you have a Jacob Truba uh, in your defensive core. So I, I want him to be a part of my defensive core, and I think he's a good piece for any team. Um, going you know probably right up until moving over to uh, to the Rangers, but I'm still okay saying that. I'm still pretty confident that you want to get <laughs> a good chunk out of his career, and uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take Truba at that spot, and I, I think. Uh, Again, I think you could make the argument for Lindholm to even stay in that spot. I, I don't think he's been terrible, but uh, Truba seems like the the better upgrade, so he's he's going six. Now it's uh, it's really getting dicey over here, man. Um, it takes us to Minnesota, number seven. Who? Uh, pardon? Another D. Another big D was taken. Uh, it's the big D of Matthew Dumba. Um, I mean, you can really, I guess, kind of nitpick and, you know, uh, these guys are, are slightly better maybe than each other. I, you know, all these, we're basically, there's no forwards. There's, there's nothing left really. Um, Galchenyuk maybe, but I, I, I don't know. Are we really going to nickel and dime like the point share and the possession stats or, are we just going to say, you know what, Minnesota, this was not a fantastic draft. And at number seven, you got a defenseman who's right there. And you know what? I'm going to celebrate their scouting department. Matthew Dumba, you're going to stay in Minnesota. And um, diversity. 
Matt Dumbo making uh you know he's he's the one who's leading the NHL through through everything that the NHL Seemingly, will allow. Uh, not just taking Minnesota on his back, uh, taking the entire National Hockey League on his back because uh, not a lot, not a, not a big rush to uh, kind of get behind the movement here. But at least Matthew is, you know, bravely out there by himself. Seems like, um, yeah, you get a top four defenseman, uh, a guy who, uh, you know, obviously has some pretty strong leadership skills. So I, I don't think Minnesota would be upset with us. Uh, not, not, uh, you know, uh, you know, taking them in any wild directions here. Uh, apologies for the pun. Um, but yeah, I, I think they're happy with him. Uh, I, I don't think he's part of the reason why they can't, uh, get out of the first round <laughs> in the playoffs. Um, but yeah, uh, Dumbo, even with, uh, you know, not a, you know, super dazzling team, uh, you know, he's, He's a, he's a guy I would love to have in, you know, Red Wing top four. So uh, I'm taking him at seven, and I'm going to celebrate his contributions to uh, things outside of hockey. So Matt, number seven, you get Matthew, even though he's missing a T in his first name. Um, so the Penguins at eight. So we've, we've taken three goalies already, and it would be oh – Oh, you know, boy. do I do I just have the Penguins take Matt Murray and then they're kind of in the same situation? They have Murray and then he's going to come and take Mark Andre Fleury's job and all that fun stuff. Um, I I don't know. I I you and I were looking at some other draft boards and Murray made it in there, but again, I let recency bias affect me in a positive way. Why can't I have it affect me in a negative way? Uh, you know, Murray is being talked about as. Uh, the next big Seattle Kraken acquisition. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I think, Kraken. I think what I'm going to do is send Jacob Slavin uh, on over to Pittsburgh because that that that's a guy that actually could have gone down as um, he he could have been our our Datsuk Diamond in the Rough at 120. But th- this this is a guy, and and we keep talking about it. We keep talking about these guys that are going to be the the service uh, the serviceable defensive defensemen. Uh, but Slavin is so good at it that he still gets the Norris attention. Um, he still finds himself three years in a row in the top 20 of uh, Norris voting. And to do that as a defensive defenseman is so freaking hard to like get that attention, to know that you're doing that damn good. And and uh, especially with the Hurricanes, too, that um, they, they are those uh, that, that possession monster. They're, they're an analytics monster. So at some point somebody's got to start playing the defense and and Slavin uh, he man he throws his D around. So I hate that I'm making the Pittsburgh Penguins probably right now like they they have not been eliminated from the playoffs if they have a Jacob Slavin in there. Uh, but yeah that's that that's what's going down. Um, I, I'm Slavin to Pittsburgh and it breaks my heart. Well, Matt. This is my final pick. And it's it is. the Winnipeg Jets. Also, and I looked back. This this is supposed to be my pick. You got the first pick two drafts in a row now. Woohoo! Well, Matt, uh, you know, the Jets took uh, Truba here initially, so I think they're a little jealous of where he ended up. Uh, now he's in Anaheim, flying with the Ducks. Um, but Hellebuck is off the board for them, Matt. They need a goaltender. They need a guy who made Marc-Andre Fleury expendable. 
They need a guy who's been playing for Lord Stanley's Cup back-to-back <laughs> seasons. Maybe on the, the Malkin coattails, maybe on the Sid the Kid coattails. I don't know. But Matt, God damn it, he did it. Matt, my last pick, I don't feel guilty at all about taking Matt Murray. I know he's kind of been in the toilet here for Pittsburgh. Uh, <laughs> we're going to go. I know you like the recency bias. I'm going to ignore what happened uh, recently and uh, just, just look finally on the past, much like uh, Detroit Red Wing GMs like to do. Um, so, Matt, I, I don't know. Are you going to tear this pick apart? I mean, he, he, he won a cup, right? I mean. I know he's yeah. been. I know he's been kind of poopy the past, you know, two years in the, you know, in the in the in the big games. I, I know, but like, two cups. Come on, it's he, right there. He played so well that they took the guy that everybody loves around the league. Like Mark Andre Fleury got moved, uh, or he was put up for uh, the expansion draft for Vegas. Um, yeah. Like you have to be damn good to take Mark Andre Fleury's job because he was also successful for the Penguins. And he's always smiling. And his nickname's Flower. So you have to be damn good at some point. So you, you get Matt Murray when he's <laughs> he's damn good. Um, I, I just, uh, I couldn't take him. I, I couldn't take him at uh, at eight, but I, I guess at nine, he's fine. <laughs> I could, I could, I, you could justify one, it at one nine. One pick, okay. and I'm like, hell no. But at nine, yeah, sure. <laughs> Matt crunched the numbers, not at eight. No. <laughs> nine, maybe. Okay. Matt, All right. I, so that I've means got, that the uh, the lightning rub. Yeah, I've got Steve Eiserman's job, and um, I well, let me. Uh, <laughs> so th- this is this is a, a conversation I got online with folks was um, Eiserman's ability to uh, draft the worthwhile defenseman, and we had this as a show topic a few weeks ago, and I said there there weren't really too many successes. Uh, I think maybe we we said two out of. Uh, 20 guys that have been drafted as, as D men for Iserman or something like that. Uh, and, and folks uh, on Twitter were counting Slater Coco. Um, I think at a pick number 10, you, you've got to do a little bit better than this. Um, so I, I'm going to say, I'm going to stick with defense and I'm going to do Steve Iserman's job a little bit better. And we're going to go with Colton Pareko, who uh, was lucky enough to win the Stanley cup last year. Um, he's, He's another nice guy in the NHL because he's getting those Bing votes. But this is this is a guy who, again, is going to advance your core defense into you know helping you become a Stanley Cup contender. Uh, another solid defensive defenseman. Again, not the guy you wrap your entire franchise around, but you put a Pareko on uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning, and man, they they're already like. The, the regular season monsters. Um, it, it should be the Tampa Bay Lightning and Vegas Knights in the Stanley Cup Finals this year. But, uh, you know, St. Louis is not going to be happy about losing Pareko. That was a great draft on their part. And, uh, man, that would have been great for Stevie Y to, to nail that. Who knows if uh, Tampa lets him walk or if, if, he's, if he's leaving. Because uh, that, that would mean that this team probably already won their Stanley Cup and we're not having those Columbus Blue Jacket conversations. But, yeah. Um, take the defensive defenseman, take Pareko, add, you were drafting Coco, so I, I feel like I'm defending taking defensemen because it feels like Tampa Bay has such a strong defensive core, we, you know, 
But they have a strong offensive core. They have a strong goaltender. Of course, he's gone now because Vasilevsky got drafted. Here I am talking. Look at Ben Fisher, And man. this redraft, Colton Pareko goes with 10. I did Steve Eisenman's job better than Steve Eisenman. Um, Woo. Boom. Roasted. That'll be our clip for, for this week's uh, <laughs> for this week's episode. All right. Um, that is uh, the 72nd episode of the Brothers of Discussion covering Detroit Red Wings hockey. Arguably the first episode of Red Wings Rant. Happy to be here. Hockey Podcast Network, all in jest. I uh, love you guys. Uh, thanks for letting us do this. Um, puns be damned. SEO for life. I mean, honestly, like, what? A, yeah, you're making a better business decision. SEO is way more important than me having a pun that I'm proud of. Um, or alliteration with Hockey Town Hullabaloo. All right. Everybody, thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget, we are on YouTube as the Brothers of Discussions. You can follow along with all of our wrestling stuff, too. On Twitter, at BOD Hockey for this show. At BOD Podcast for all the wrestling stuff. And uh, if you are a wrestling fan, uh, we are doing... Um, trying to do a couple videos a week. And we've got a couple blogs coming out a week. So the the mill is running again. And soon, uh, I'm going to have my first uh, Red Wings blog coming out. That I've been working pretty hard on. And... Uh, Man, hopefully you'll have a hard on for it. So thanks for tuning in. That's brothersofdiscussion.com, bodpodcast.com, Brothers of Discussion on YouTube, and uh, brothers underscore of underscore discussion on Instagram. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in.